Experience the beauty and emotion of Lent and Easter with Christianity Today's newest devotional, Easter, in the everyday. Thoughtful readings from a variety of pastors, theologians, and writers invite you into the emotional stages of Christ's journey, from humility to hope to love. Beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending at Pentecost, this digital devotional is perfect for individual or group study. Get it today at orderct.com slash easter24. Welcome to the Transforming Discipleship Podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. It's a podcast designed for church leaders desiring to make disciples for Jesus Christ in the world. I'm your host, Oliver Hersey, and today I want to share with you a simple way that we can begin responding to the COVID-19 situation. You know, I've been sheltered in place now for only a few days. Uh, In fact, it's been less than a week, despite starting to feel like it's closer to a month. I'm a pastor of discipleship for a church community in the Chicagoland area, and I'm supposed to be limiting all contact with my communities and ministry teams. Ministry has been totally derailed. Worship on Sunday has solely been online format. Many small groups are struggling to meet together. And perhaps worst of all, I'm taking phone calls from people in our community who live completely alone and are unable to work technology well enough to even tune in to Sunday's local worship message on our website. So, I've started to think this week, like, what do I do to respond to this? And and how are we supposed to minister to people right now when I can't physically be with them and they can't be physically with anyone else? How do we say and how do we equip our volunteers right now to do ministry? I mean, what do we tell our volunteer ministry leaders in this season right now when they're also burdened with a lot of things on their plate. In fact, some of you might even be listening to this as a volunteer ministry leader, and you're wondering the same thing. How am I supposed to do this? You know, last week I was participating um, on a webinar with Bill Search through smallgroups.com, and it struck me as I was listening to the other panelists. I was reflecting on my own ministry practices as a pastor, and I started to think that even though I'm physically distanced from people, I can still start encouraging my discipleship operation team leaders to start doing something that we're calling CPR. And if you were tuned into the webinar, you probably heard me talk about it just briefly. But I wanted to talk a bit more in detail about CPR with you guys here on this podcast. What is CPR? First of all, it's it, it's a treatment that we'd all do for someone needing serious medical attention. I mean, we would do CPR to resuscitate somebody. We would do CPR to revive someone, to preserve life in a critical situation. We would do CPR to help a living organism maintain life in a context when life is in jeopardy. I'm thinking of this now in terms of kind of our ministries. You know, we're in a season right now where ministries are really going to start struggling if they haven't already. I've already heard of some ministries having to take um, scale back pay and, and already thinking about how they're going to leverage their reserve accounts. It's a huge chain effect here. I mean, businesses are struggling. I've talked to multiple business leaders, small business leaders, big business leaders over the last week, and it's clear that major shifts are happening. 
And so as I think about the context we're in and the fears and the anxieties and the downright feelings of just plain being overwhelmed and flattened by this crisis, I'm thinking about myself as a pastor and you, if you're listening as a pastor or a leader, I'm thinking about how we need to probably start thinking creatively about how we'll do CPR for our communities. How are we going to do CPR for people in our ministries, for the parishioners, the lay people, those involved in our parachurch organizations? And CPR is simple. The C here stands for checking in and caring for people. The first thing I think all of us need to do as we do some triage and take just some inventory of the situation is we just need to be aware and able and present enough to check in with the people that we have been serving and pastoring and leading. And I know that many of you listening to this are already doing that. And I commend you for it. I want to encourage you to keep doing it. Keep doing it. For the weeks to come, I mean, who knows how long we'll be navigating these uncharted waters. We also need to pick up the phone in this process of checking in and calling people. We need to just send a text or an email. I mean, we can. there's so many ways that we can do a check-in when we aren't physically connected with the person. I mean, my son Henry yesterday was writing letters to his kindergarten class because he misses them. He's doing a check-in right now as a six-year-old and just saying, he wrote a simple sentence on the card yesterday that said something like, how have you been? I miss you. We need to do simple check-ins with people right now. Pick up the phone and call people. And and I suggest asking calibrated questions. In fact, Henry asked a pretty calibrated question, how have you been? Um, But even that question can be responded to with one word answer, like good. So I suggest asking some calibrated questions that kind of tease out those who are on the other end of the phone tease out a bigger bigger response. So I would suggest asking things like, hey, tell me how your family's doing. How are your kids doing? How are your mom and dad doing? Especially if they have elderly parents. How is everybody handling the stressors right now of COVID-19? I would venture down the road of employment. I mean, everybody's employment has been impacted to some degree or another. You could ask, you know, what has it been like right now in, in your place of employment? Are you working from home right now? How is that going? And that just opens the doors for a lot of conversation to have Um, right there at the outset as we do this check-in. You could say things like, what are your thoughts today? Maybe about where God is in all of this. And that's a moment right there where you can take things to the next level. And I would encourage you as a ministry leader or somebody engaging somebody to feel free to get specific about some of these things, especially as you've opened the door into family life or employment or school You can venture into the spiritual realm and the personal and emotional context that is also intricately woven and connected to all of those other things. Perhaps the person you're talking to has been laid off, and it's time to talk about where they see God in all of this. Then I suggest as you're doing the check-in to empathize with the person. You know, maybe you empathize with the person by labeling their emotions. Say things like, it sounds like you're feeling real sad about all of this. And just let that hang in the air. You'd say things like, as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing that you're very angry. It sounds like you're very angry today with God for being laid off. It sounds like you're really overwhelmed as you're juggling to teach your own kids at home as well as maintain your job from home. How's that going? And I think as we take time to empathize with the people we're checking in with, that in and of itself goes miles It goes miles to preserve life. It goes miles to resuscitate. It goes miles to give someone hope at the outset. It's a moment for that person where they feel heard, where they feel understood. 
And we have to do that as pastors and leaders, and we've done it probably naturally most of the time. We have to be extra conscious of it now as we've been physically distanced. I think we have to also care for these people during these check-ins. We need to listen well to the needs the person has. What are you hearing the person saying? Are they out of work? Do they need some help getting groceries? Do they need a meal? Do they need some relational connection over the phone again tomorrow? We have been texting our good and dear friend next door, um, our elderly friend. He's a widower, and we have been texting him every day just to check in. How are you doing? He's told us things like, you know, I'm doing okay, doing fine little bored today and uh there was one time we went on a walk around the block recently and we just texted him said hey we're outside even though it's like 40 degrees we're outside you know if you want to come out and sure enough in the next you know minute or two he was out on the porch and we talked for about 15 minutes he needed a check-in we need to check in with each other and we need to pay attention to what we each need by listening well and trying our best to creatively attend and care well in the c process of cpr we need to pray We've got to pray for people over the phone. You have to. And you might be saying right now as a leader or a volunteer leader listening right now, and this might create a pit in your stomach because prayer out loud or over the phone is something that you're not accustomed to. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, we need you. The collective Christian church needs you to rise to the occasion here. We need you to pray out loud for the people who are really suffering and impacted greatly by COVID-19. We have to. We have to be willing to do the things that maybe we haven't felt normal or accustomed to doing because it hasn't felt we're not used to it. And that's the job of the pastor. No, it's not the job of the pastor to pray out loud over the phone for somebody. That's the job of you. The last several days, I've been talking to an older man in our community. He's been laid off. He's a commission-based pay, and he's no longer collecting any income from his place of employment. I tried to walk him through how to get his smartphone um, up and going so that he could tune in to the live stream of our church programming. And he's, he's struggling with that. He can't do it. He's really feeling alone. We've talked over the last few years about his health complications and all kinds of things he's dealing with long before COVID-19 hit. Now COVID-19's hit and he's, it's just compounded everything. So he called me last night and I was just finally sitting down after putting my kids to bed and I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and I'm looking forward to just kind of taking a moment to myself. And I took his call though. I took his call because I knew that we all need to be doing CPR. We checked in. And as we checked in, he expressed the difficulty of where he was at and the things he was struggling with. And then we prayed. We have to pray in the CPR process. Prayer turns our attention to the heavens. When we pray for people, we have to pray exactly what the Spirit is going to put on our minds. We need to pause. We need to breathe deep and open our minds up to the Spirit's leading. And we need to pray out loud the requests that we sense and make them known to the Father. I was reminded this past week of a passage in Luke, and it's Luke chapter 11. I think it's verses 5 through 13. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And then right after that, he gives this illustration of a man who's a friend in need. And that man goes to the neighbor and he pounds on the door and he asks his neighbor to give him some bread for the visiting friend. At first, the neighbor doesn't open the door. But Jesus goes on to explain that, listen, if that guy pounds persistently and audaciously on that door, the neighbor is going to eventually open up. And the point is that 
We too have friends right now in need. We too are like that man who's put in a hard spot that wants to care and provide for the needs of the neighbor and has to go to his other neighbor to pound on the door because he doesn't have enough. And Jesus is saying, listen, how bad do you need it? How persistent will you be? How audacious will you be as you pound on heaven's door and ask for the goodness of the Lord to pour out in someone's life? And I think that's the kind of thing we need. That's the kind of stuff we need to do as ministry leaders. We need to press God to do a miracle. We need to press God to do anything he can in his power to provide, to protect, to deliver. And we need to say things to God. We need to say things like, only you, God, only you could do this miracle because it's the truth. We have to pray and pound on the door of heaven on behalf of our neighbors and those who are hurting in our ministries and those who are alone right now. So let's pray with persistence for those in our groups and our ministries as we do CPR together. And then finally, the R is about remembering. And it's critical right now that we take time to remind each other of God's goodness. We have to remember and remind each other of what the scriptures teach. This mess must drive us back into God's word with fervor and frequency. And as we mind God's word, as we dig into it, we can remember it, we can review it, we can reflect upon it. We also have to remind each other of the words of hope that are found within the great grand story of God's. This is what Psalm 1 is all about. I love how Psalm 1 opens up. It says this in my translation, Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but whose delight is in the law. In Hebrew, that's Torah, the instructions the instructions of the Lord. And on his Torah, on the Lord's Torah, on God's word, this person meditates day and night. This person's committed to remembering God's word. And I draw encouragement from that. I'm challenged by that because I have to press myself to be back in the scriptures. I need to put them in my earbuds and listen to them when I'm walking. I need to open up the text and read it aloud to myself or quietly with a cup of coffee. I have to be back in the text. It goes on to say, this person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In everything the person does, the person prospers. That's what verse 3 says. This person's like a tree. The person who meditates and remembers God's word and devours it, is like a person who has fruit available for others to take advantage of. They are like a tree planted by the waters that is nourishing himself or herself. And she has now fruit available for her neighbor to take and come and to eat and to be nourished from. We will have fruit and substance for the hungry and the thirsty and those in deep need during COVID-19. And then we will also have leaves on our tree that will offer shade to the weary and the broken. It is crucial that we take time to remember God's word because as we do, 
good things will pour forth. And as we do CPR with those around us, as we check in, as we pray, we remember together what God's promises are about and like, and we can share those with one another to encourage one another who are overwhelmed. So I don't know what kind of a ministry leader you are, whether you were overseeing the welcome teams or the hospitality teams, or maybe you were overseeing a membership small group course or celebrate recovery groups or alpha groups or Regardless of who you are, all of us listening and tuning in can commit ourselves to the simple CPR process right now in this uncertain time as we seek to preserve and revive and resuscitate those who are in the ministries, those who have lives that have been derailed by COVID-19. And CPR can be done even at your home. We've been doing it at our family dinner table. It's simple. We check in with our kids. We check in. I check in with my wife. We take time around the dinner table to talk about our highs and our lows. And then we take time to pray. And, and either Henry or myself or my wife, we pray for God's protection over our neighbors, for God's protection and deliverance over our family. We pray for each other. We pray and we bless God for the good things he has given us. We try to reorient our attention on the Lord and the heavens. And then we take time to remember together the stories of God. Because we, as we remember those things, we remember that God is much bigger and grander and more powerful than any sort of concoction that can take life and derail it. So you can do it around your dinner table. You can do it in your small group, whether you're meeting on Zoom or Google Hangout. Um, CPR is simple. And let's not make things overly complicated right now. Let's just be good neighbors, be good disciples who follow Jesus as well as we can and do what he did, which was constantly involving a check-in, a prayer, and a way to remember what God's word and story is all about. So thanks for tuning in to the Transforming Discipleship Podcast. We're a podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. It's focused on growing and equipping ministry leaders to care for people. Our team at smallgroups.com is praying for you today, and we're seeking to find the best ways right now to equip you as ministry leaders in a time when we're all physically distanced from the people in our communities. And we're hoping that God will grow your ministry in this unique time. So until the next time we talk, grace and peace to you.